0: brought against you amen if you do not believe that then you will not finish strong but sometimes you just have to tell yourself somebody else that you're going to finish strong sometimes you have to tell yourself that you're going to finish strong sometimes you have to look in the mirror and tell yourself I'm not the tail I'm the head Tell yourself, I'm not going down, I'm going over. Sometimes you have to tell yourself that I am going to finish strong You have to look at that stack of bills and say I'm going to finish strong You have to look at that doctor's report and say I'm going to finish strong You have to look at all of the pain that is still in your body and and you don't understand Why the pain has come but in the midst of the pain you have to make the confession I will finish strong Amen. No one rejoices at the arrival of trouble. But God will allow trouble to come. So that he can purify us. Amen. But you have to understand that God isn't the one troubling but he allows the trouble. Are you with me? And that trouble comes and when it comes it comes to strengthen So that we can go through the testing we can go through the difficulty and in that testing and difficulty there is a purifying going on in us. He said that when we are tried so it isn't if we are tried but when we are tried. Right that like pure gold he said all of the impurities will begin to come out in the fiery trial in the difficult times all of the things that are unlike Christ will start revealing itself it'll start coming to the top right. Just like dross out of gold and 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 whenever they put the fire to the gold, the dross or the bad impurities begin to rise to the top so they can be scraped off of the top and what is left is pure gold. And God isn't putting the fire under us to burn us. He isn't putting us in a test tube so that we he can see how much he can laugh at us or if we can be destroyed or not. He is trying to purify us to make us more like himself, amen. And we would all be lying today if we said we enjoyed that, right? But why do we do that? One is because of the purification process, but number two, he said, when you are converted or when you come through this, he said, strengthen your brother, strengthen your sister. And so in other words, you go through some tests, you go through difficult times, you go through some hardships in your life, and you're not just going through them for yourself, but you're going through them so that you can reach back and you can strengthen your brother or sister when they're going through the same thing. Amen. Have you ever had someone that has been through something before you reach back and help you? two of you It's a glorious thing whenever there that we can be of help or we can be of assistance to someone who is going through a difficult time and we can use our testimony to encourage them that they can too make it through the circumstance or the situation and Job knew something about trouble and I want to talk to you today mostly about the story of Job here, Job, and Job, if you want to follow along, you can do so, but in Job chapter 1, we see that the Bible says that it gives where he came from, it tells his sto- some of his story, and then he says, Job is a man that God knew could tr- he could trust with trouble. It's possible for you to come into a time in your life that you're being tested by a trial or a tribulation. If you can keep your faith during your trouble, then you can finish strong. I'm gonna say that again. If you can keep your faith during your trouble, then you can finish strong. Sometimes we lose our faith when we're going through trouble. But I've learned that if you can keep your faith during trouble, If you can keep control of your tongue during trouble you can finish strong. You can be a victor. At seasons we are being tested and trusted at the same time. There are seasons when the test is going on But God is seeing if we can be trusted at the same time. Not being tested with evil. Because the Bible says that God does not test anyone with evil. Right? But sometimes he will test you with little to see if he can trust you with a lot. Amen. Some people say, well, if if the Lord would just bless me with More money or a better job than I would go to pay in my tithe. I would be, I would do something significant. I would do great things and all of that. But I submit to you that if they are not able to give a dollar, then they're sure sure enough not able to give a thousand. Amen. It's much easier to give a dollar than it is to give a thousand. And if you can't be trusted to give a dollar, then God knows he can't trust you to give a thousand. Amen. So he tests us with little to see if he can trust us with a lot. He gives us sometimes the things that are difficult so he can see if we can handle it and we can overcome the circumstances of life so that he can promote us. Into a position of authority because God is the greatest businessman that you'll ever find. He is the greatest leader known in the history of the universe. And He is not going to give anyone a promotion, He is not going to give anyone uh, uh, authority that He has not first tested. And so, if He can test you in the fiery trial, To still come to the house of the Lord if he can trust you to be faithful in the little If he can trust you to be uh, committed to the lordship of Jesus Christ even in the difficult times Then he can trust you with promotion We see job is not serving God because his hands are blessed He's not serving God because of of what is coming to him. He is not serving God because of the hedge that God has put around him. Right? In fact, he complained about the hedge. Job starts talking to God and he says, you've hedged me in. But what he did not understand is the same hedge that had him hedged in had the devil hedged out. Where that everything that Job had, had a hedge around it. Job, Job complained about the hedge, but he learned later on that he, he understood that it was that hedge of protection. Sometimes we can have a hedge of protection around us and not even know it. God can be protecting us from things, and we may be complaining about it all at the same time, but it's that hedge of protection that is around us. Amen. There's something around you. There's something around everything in your life that you cannot see with the natural eye, but it is the hedge of protection that God puts around his children. The enemy cannot have access to you as a child of God. The enemy cannot have access to you at just any given time or do whatever he desires to do. There is a protective hedge that is around about your life. And God keeps watch over you. He keeps watch over everything that is connected to you. Whenever your children go off to college and are in Columbus, you can't be there but they're still got a hedge of protection around them. Amen. Whenever you have things in your life, when you send your children to school and whatever it is that you have connected to your life, if it's your business, if it is your work, if it is your family, if it is, it's your uh, automobiles, your car, whatever it is, there is a hedge of protection that is around about it. Amen. And you can't afford to get in the middle of trouble and start saying whatever you want to say You got to keep your tongue Amen You can't afford to say whatever you want to say how many know that we have a confession at church And then sometimes before we even get home we change the confession We We believe because in this atmosphere, it's easy to make the confession, but then we go back into a hostile environment. We go back and our natural eyes see the natural circumstance and we don't see the spiritual protection and we can easily begin to make a negative or an opposite confession and we begin to con- agree with what is against us instead of agreeing with what God has said about us. It's easy for us. It's easy for us to agree with the natural circumstances because we see it, we hear it, we feel it. But I'm here today to tell you that, that we, are not, we are not natural. We are spirit. We have a soul that lives in a body. And we have to hear the spirit. We have to believe the report of the Lord, even when it is opposite of what we see and what we hear and what we feel. This, my brothers and sisters, is one of the most difficult things to do because everything in our senses, everything in our being tells us this is the way it is going to be. But you see, God has put inside of us this power, this authority, that even when we are in the midst of trouble, we can still say of the Lord, he is my God and in him will I trust. Amen. Whenever trouble comes against us, it is amazing to me uh, as pastor, and I've probably told you this before, but it's amazing to me how the people can sit under sound doctrine and teaching for years and get into a time of testing or trouble and lose their mind. It's like we don't, we haven't had no teaching, we haven't had no doctrine. You know they love God, you know that the word is in them. But suddenly, what is that? I'm not t- telling you today to, to put people down. I'm not telling you that today to say, look how foolish they are. I'm telling you that that is the reality that the enemy will place you in. And if you're not careful, you'll lose your tongue. Some people say, well, why don't you say something? Why don't you? I've learned a long time ago. It's better to keep your, remain quiet and, and be thought a fool than open your mouth and remove all doubt. You'll get that on the way home, all right? Sometimes it's better for people to think you're a fool and hold your tongue and keep your victory than to open your mouth And allow the enemy to destroy everything that you've built up in your life. Because you can work for months, years, your life, building up your faith and your confession, only to come into a time of trouble. And in the midst of trouble, you give everything away with your confession. That's what Adam did. Adam built up this relationship with God, Eve built up this relationship with God, and then when trouble came they released everything that God had given them in a moment. So I'm I'm, I'm here today to say that if we're going to finish strong then we have to learn how to deal with the punch. We got to learn how to deal with the low blow. huh? We got to learn how to deal in times of trouble, how to keep our tongue and keep our confession. And you can't afford to get in the middle of trouble and start saying what you want to say. Neither can you afford to get in the middle of trouble and lose your song or to lose your praise. Because the place that you lose your song and you lose your place is the place that you will get stuck right there. Wherever you put your harp in the willow tree is where that you will begin to find that your life changes forever and you'll be stuck in that place where that you don't have a song any longer. And so where you stop, you will get stuck. Amen. So how do you praise God in times of trouble, how do you still sing and worship God in times of difficulty? It, that, that, that's, where, that's where you have to understand that worship is not a feeling or an emotion. Worship is an issue of the heart, right? It's, it, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to start speaking. And so in the times of trouble, I'm not praising and worshiping God because of the circumstances that are around me. I'm not worshiping God because I'm feeling all good and I feel goosebumps and, 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 and the worship is powerful and the word is great. I'm worshiping God because he's God. And so, if I can praise him in the valley, if I can praise him in the difficulty, sometimes you just got to get all by yourself and and sing a song, worship God, love on God, let him know your heart when no one else is around. There's no one to impress. You're not worried about what they're thinking. You're just telling God that you love him out of your heart. Amen. Amen. In Job chapter 1, the best thing Job had going for him, he was a worshiper. In Job chapter 1, verse 5, it says there that he was worshipping for his family. Amen. He said, My children may, they may have sinned. They may have done something wrong. What you have to understand out of Job, and I'm sure that you already do, but for somebody that may just be coming along, Job was, is the oldest book of the Bible. Job, Job didn't have, uh, disciples to help him. Job didn't have, he didn't have the elders. He didn't have the Bible. He was just trying to make this journey on him and God's relationship alone. And so when you read Job, you're going to hear him say some things that are not really in line. Right? He, he's saying some things that are that that is just out of his relationship out of his thought and he's thinking you know that his in his heart. He's saying well, maybe that my family has done something wrong, but the, that what I want you to get out of this is this that he had a heart for his family. And he said, I don't know if my children are worshiping God or not, but I'm going to worship for them. I'm going to lift them up. I'm going to worship God on their behalf. And then he goes on and he said, And the, there was a day when the Son of God came and presented himself before the Lord. And Satan also came among them. Don't you know that the enemy will show up? He is brazen. He has the audacity. When the sons of God were presenting themselves before the Lord, Satan shows up. Amen. Amen. And he and God begin to have a conversation about Job. Verse 6, Satan comes before the Lord. In verse 8, he is talking to him. He said, "Uh, have you considered my servant Job? And in verse 10, he talks about this hedge, right? If Job didn't know there was a hedge, Satan let him know there was a hedge. Because at some point and sometime, this suggests to me that Satan had already tried to get to Job. But the enemy, Satan, comes and says, "Uh, uh, you've put a hedge around him. You've put this wall around about him. And he said it's on every side and it's around all that he has. In other words, he said, I couldn't even touch one of his sheep. Right. I, you put this hedge around him and I'm not able to get to him. He said, and then in verse 12, he said, you can, and God speaking here, he's, and the Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay your hand on his person or his soul. So Satan went from his presence. So he has access to everything that he has except his soul or his life. Only God has the authority. Only God has the power. To give life and to take life. Amen. So. The attack begins. How do you know you're under an attack? Whenever. One thing after another begins to back up. One after another. Satan goes and he says in verse 14, he says the messenger came from Job and he said uh, that they were plowing and with the oxen and they were working the donkeys. And he said, and suddenly an enemy has come in and stole all of the oxen, all of the donkeys, took them away. And then killed your servants. He goes on and he says while he was speaking another one comes and he says there's been an enemy that has come and taken all of the sheep and has killed all of your servants. And while he is still talking he hasn't even left the room. There's another one comes and says that they've raided us and they've taken all of the camels. And they've taken and killed your servants with the sword and no one has escaped but me. And while he's still speaking, another comes and says, your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking at your oldest son's home when a tornado or a whirlwind came and said it hit all four corners at the same time and the house collapsed on all of your children. Everything is gone. Satan has taken his ability to make money. Herdsmen had the herds. He had the camel. He had the sheep. He was the, the wealthiest man right in the east. We're not talking about six or eight goats out in the backyard. We're talking about herds. We're talking about the wealthiest man in the east. Has now lost everything. It's gone. And it's not gone in a long matter. It's gone in a short matter. And then. He comes and he takes out all of his children. Why do you think that the enemy wants our children? Why do you think the enemy wants the next generation? Because it was in. Job's DNA, so it was in their DNA that they would be worshipers. They would be praisers. And he wanted to silence the voice of the worship in a next generation. And the enemy has come today to do the very same thing to us. He comes in in this whirlwind of trouble that rises up. And we begin to see that, that things are taken away. I told you the other day that God has to be able to trust you when you don't have what you used to have. God's got to be able to trust you with less than you started with. And so Job started ended, ha, has less now than he started with, but he still has one thing. In the midst of all of this, he still is a worshiper. The Bible says that he arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, fell on the ground, and worshipped. Amen. Amen. See, see, when we, when we understand, understand what Job is Job going through through, may not be able to understand, understand. we see what he is going through, we come to the understanding, realization that Job was not worshipping God because of what God was giving him. He was worshiping him out of this relationship that he had with God. Amen. And I believe today that in, in this, whenever in our society, in this American culture, that we've got this fluff gospel, we've got this fluff religion, that it is all about what we can get. And if we quit getting from Santa Claus, we give up on Santa Claus. Come on. But I want you to know that there's more to then getting from God... There's something about having a relationship with Him that even when the things don't go the way we think they ought to be going, that we still have a relationship, and our heart toward Him is still one of worship. That even though the circumstances may not be right, even though everything may be falling apart in our life, it is not. Uh, we are not going to quit giving God our worship, quit giving God our song, quit. giving Giving God our praise. Yes, it is good to get, but if I don't get anything else, he's already saved me from the curse of the law. He's already given me a divine nature. I'm partaker of him. I'm complete in him. Amen. And I'm telling you, that's enough to give him thanks the rest of our days. If you believe it, give him some praise today. <clears throat> How many know that whenever the enemy can't get you one way, he'll try another? If he can't get to you by taking away from you, dealing with you, if he can't get to you that way, if he can't get to you by dealing with it that way, then he'll start working on your family, and he'll work on your family and. And try to get them and if he can get, get you to, you know, sickness comes to your family. He, he thinks because cancer came to your house that you're going to quit worshiping God. He thinks because if he brings in, in into that relationship and, and that divorce comes into your home that, that you're going to give up on God and you're going to quit the house of the Lord. He works in strategic ways. He he gets, he don't take away from you things that you don't care about. Amen. You don't like something, right? You ain't going to care about it. But like is a good level. But when you love something, when you love your spouse, when you love your children, It's the most difficult thing to watch a little child be sick. Not able to do anything about it. Not able to help them. Not able to do anything. It's tough. Huh? I remember whenever Jordan was small and he was very sick and they come in there to do all kinds of stuff and Needles in him and do all of that. I just left the room, put it with Renee. I said, I can't do that. Can't watch that. Can't see that. I'm the man of the house. <laughs> Amen. How I many know that's hard? Seeing your child sick and not be able to, but think about it. That's, that's, and, and, you know, we that was just a, an issue, but I'm talking about when the enemy comes and whenever it's a spiritual attack and, and he, he pray, he says, I'll, I'll take this. And if I can't get you to give up, if I can't get your song with, from that, then I'll work over here. And the first thing he did is he attacked Job and he attacked his, his, his finances We know that a lot of people would give up on God if they just lost their money. Yeah. I've served God all of my life, and look what it's got me. I'm broke. We quit God, but Job didn't. He went on and he said, I know what I'll do. I'll take his family. I know how dear his family is to him seven sons and three daughters. I got that right backwards. Seven sons, three daughters, the fairest in the land. And I know what I'll do. I'll take his pride. I'll take the next generation. I'll take that and that'll cause him to quit on God. But he didn't. Then he got up in the middle of it and he started attacking Job physically. And the Bible says in chapter two that he... he, he, he Began to be sick, right? And he's sitting there in this ash heap with boils. He has pain in his feet. And to the, from the Bible said, I believe it was from the crown of his head to his feet, he was in pain. His whole body is tormented with physical pain. And the enemy said, I'll make him curse God. I'll, I'll, he'll quit now. But in the ash heap, while he's scraping the boils of his body, his wife comes to him, Sister Job. Right? Sister Job comes and says, Job, you've served God all of your life and look what it's got you. So why don't you just curse God and die? Now just on a on a side note here this is not the type of lifelong partner you want to have <laughs> I don't know where that came from but he said why don't you just curse god and die get it over with joe just curse him and die but he said, you speak like a foolish woman. And then he says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. In other words, he may take our children. He may have taken our money. He may have taken our house. He may, the health may be failing me. But one thing that he can't take is my life. And my life belongs to God and I'm going to trust him. I'm going to serve him with all of my life. Amen. See, Job's wife comes and says this statement to him and and says, why don't you just curse God and die? And then his friends come. In verse 11, it says in chapter 2, it says he has these three friends. Heard all of the adversity had come to him and each one came from their own place. And he said, for they had made an appointment together to come and to mourn with him and to comfort him. And when they had raised their eyes from afar and did not recognize him... They lifted their voices and wept, and each one tore their robe and sprinkled dust on his head toward heaven. And so they sat with him on the ground seven days and seven nights, and no one spoke a word to him, for they saw that he was grieved and very great. We know sometimes the best thing you can do is just be there for someone. You don't have to say a word. You don't have to act like you know what's going on or why it's going on or how to fix it. You just are there for them. To strengthen them, to be with them and say, I'm here for you. I'm here. Job's friends was there for him. In the most difficult time of his life. Friends are a hard thing to come by. Real friends. People will love you as long as you've got something to give. But they'll abandon you like trash whenever you have nothing left. That's what we're living in. My grandfather told me, he said, if you live and you have five... People in your life that you can trust with anything said you're a very blessed man. I would submit in my generation if you can find two. That you can trust with anything. Friends are a hard thing to come by but when you have one you need to keep them. Amen. Amen. Say, well, pastor, this don't sound very spiritual. All I'm trying to get you to finish strong. Friends are something that is very valuable in difficult times. Because there's not too many people that can see. There's a lot of folks that can go with you as long as they see the good you. Whenever folks start seeing the ugly you. The bad. Huh? Huh? Nobody's saying nothing now. Because we're all, we, we, we've come into this consumer society. It isn't just about what can I get from God, it's what can I get from you? What can I get from Joshua? If I can't get nothing from Joshua, then he's no longer needed in my life, so I get rid of him. That's how we think of things. But I'm telling you that if you're going to finish strong, you need somebody that you can trust. You need, good, you, need, you need prayer partners that you can have pray for you. If you're, if you're married, it ought to be your spouse, ought to be number one. Right? If you can't trust them, then we, we need to have some counsel. But uh, if they are if they're saved, then you ought to start there. But if you don't, then you've got to have somebody you can trust. Somebody that'll sit down with you whenever you're in boils, when their family is destroyed, when everything is gone, and your wife's saying, curse God and die. You need some friends, Jonathan, that'll come and sit with you in your mess. Say, I'm here for you. If you find such people, you need to honor them and cherish them. Embrace them. And not only them be there for you, but you be there for them. Amen. So after all of this comes, he says in verse in chapter one, verse 19, I'm almost done. Chapter one, verse 19, the worst news of his life that could ever ever imagine happening comes when the storm comes his family is destroyed all of his herd are gone just he and his wife remain and he gets this last this terrible news and he says no matter what blessed be the name of the lord because you can't afford to lose your mind when trouble comes amen amen but look with me in Job chapter 42. We'll not go through the whole. Look in Job chapter 42. You all right? Job chapter 42 verse number 12 says now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than the beginning for he had 14,000 sheep 6,000 camels 1,000 yoke of oxen, 1,000 female donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. And he called the name of the first and he goes through them. And He said, in all the land were found no woman so beautiful as the daughters of Job. And their father gave them an inheritance among their brothers. After Job lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren for four generations, so Job died old and full of days. Job didn't have a movie star life between chapter 1 and chapter 42 there was a whole lot of living going on and there was a whole lot of trouble that come I don't get this message of the gospel today where that they take out process I don't get it and I don't believe it amen there's a promise there is a time of testing, there is a process, and then there is the blessing. And we, we today, we somehow we've migrated to this, I don't know what else to call it, but a fluff gospel where that we think that we, we get the blessing, we hear the blessing, we get the blessing, and there isn't no process, but there, you'll never find that. You'll never find that. It's a lie. You're going to go through the process. Job left this earth a blessed man I don't know what you do with a thousand donkeys (laughs) but he had them I don't know what you do with that many camels I don't know what you do with all that livestock but the matter of the fact is this that he was blessed he could have died he could have cursed God and died Right? He could have agreed, come into agreement with his wife and with everything that was coming against him. He could have come in agreement with that, and never seen the fulfillment and the blessing of what God had for him. But he made a choice in the middle of it all. I'm going to finish strong. I'm going to see this thing out." And he said, "I'm not going to lose my tongue. I'm not going to lose my worship. I'm not going to lose my praise." amen and I'm going to continue to serve him though they slay me yet I'm going to trust him I'm going to serve him all the days of my life and Job God turned it around for him where that he had more than he ever had before it's easy for us to teach this to preach this today because we're on this side of it we see the conclusion of it but you and I are somewhere between that first chapter and that 42nd chapter we're still in the process we're still somewhere in between right and in the midst of it it's hard for us when it happens in our lives I don't know I want to have the testimony of Job. Amen. I want to have the testimony of Job. I want, I want to be able to say, them to say, he remained faithful to the end. I want to see what the other side looks like. <laughs> Amen amen whenever you you're blessed beyond measure when you have more than you've ever had and I I believe this and I'm finished so Melissa you can come but I believe this I believe that God did that because Job never lost his praise he never lost his song in the midst of it all we can modernize that he kept on coming to church he didn't just come to church with an attitude but he came to church and he worshipped. Right, right. He loved God. Yes. He came to church when he was sick. He, he worshipped God. If it, you know I'm, I say church. But it's just so we can relate. But he worshipped God in his sickness. He worshipped God when everything had been going away. I don't know. I don't know. God forbid that tragedy comes to anybody. But if it come I would hope. That I would have a relationship with God. To say, yes, this is a difficult thing. But on the other side of this, there is a greater reward. And I'm going to finish strong. Amen. Amen. I mean, no, there's a lot of things that will happen to you along life's way. And you have a chance every day to get bitter. That's it. You have a chance every day to get angry. You have a chance every day to quit, give up on God and say it's not worth it. As I said last week, there's some people... In life, that they've go through so much in their lives that if they quit, nobody would blame them. It'd say, "I don't know how anybody could have gone through what Job went through and still have a song." But they didn't give. He didn't give up. All of us have those chances to give up. All of us have the chances to quit. My greatest goal that I have in my life may not be, it may be crazy to you, but it's not to be known as holy potentate, it's not to be <laughs> known as some super duper preacher, it's not to be known my name hurled around the world. Yeah. My greatest goal in life is to die a happy old man. <laughs> Come on. Me too. Old woman. <laughs> Amen. Don't let it get to you. No. Don't let it stick. Don't let nobody take your joy. No, don't see. let nobody make you bitter. Yeah. Don't let circumstances take your song. <laughs> but be like Job. Yeah. Die old and full of years. Amen. Amen. Full of days. Amen. Amen. I want to finish strong, don't you? I want to finish strong. Let's stand together today. Father, I love you today. I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for each and every one that is in this place today. God, I pray that we too will have the testimony, God, of going through the process, going through the difficulty, going through the trouble. God, that like Job, that we will have such a relationship with you that nothing can move us, nothing can sway us, nothing can cause us to give up on you, but God, more than just giving up, but finishing strong, that our latter days will be greater than our former days. That the end of our life will be greater because God, everything that in your kingdom always ends greater than it begins. You said the latter house is greater than the former house. You said despise not the day of small beginnings. So, Father, today I pray, God, wherever we may be in those 42 chapters of Job, whatever we may be walking through, whatever we may be dealing with in our lives, I pray today that our our affirmation, our confirmation, our praise will not be lost, that we will hold our tongue in the time of battle. And, God, that we will rejoice in you and give you praise from the fruit of our lips. God, I give you praise and I give you thanks for it today in the wonderful name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's just worship the Lord for a minute today. If you're here this morning and you feel like giving up, you feel like quitting, feel the pressure surrounding your life, I just want to encourage you today. Don't give up. Don't quit but just worship him give him your whole heart give him your whole life God it isn't all about all of the right words and the right songs it's about what's coming out of your heart if you'll give him your heart pour it out on him he'll give you strength even in the difficult times of your life amen if you desire to pray today if you want to touch God in your life this morning you just want to come and submit yourself yield yourself while we're singing that's all right just come on this morning we're family here today amen we're family here today we want to be those friends those true friends that strengthen our brother in the day of trouble amen praise God as we sing let's worship him today